it's a very small piece of the book, but it's something that's like stuck with me was this idea of lagging indicators, the idea that like a lot of times the things that we're um, tracking as success metrics end up actually not being the actual metrics that, like that are in the moment that matter. I think that like in books, a lot of times like our takeaways aren't these massive lessons that we can show like changed our lives, but they're just like ways in which we become, you know, an increasingly better person. Welcome to the, <laughs> no, 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 I can't do that. Let's try another one. Uh, how about this? <laughs> no, no, that won't work either. Let's try this. get on board with that. Let's roll with it. Welcome to the Begin the Begin podcast. My name is Jeff Hillemeyer, and I'm on a mission to find out what makes people tick. Not just anyone, people who are making a profound impact on the world. I want to dig into their origin story and get to the root of why and how they do what they do. I hope you are as inspired coming out of these conversations as I am. Let's get into it. On today's podcast, I had the opportunity to speak with Lisa McGill, CEO of Alaria. I wanted to talk to Lisa because she is someone that leads a very purposeful life dedicated to helping companies with their diversity and inclusion efforts. We had such a great time talking that I actually broke this podcast into two parts. Part two, which you're listening to now, focuses on how Lisa accomplishes so much. We dig into how she stays productive, what keeps her motivated, and whether or not she's an inbox zero kind of person. I hope you enjoy it. Okay, so I'm very curious about how you remain productive, how you get your stuff done. Um, I'm big into that. So talk to me about like, how do you start your day? Mm. Like Monday through Friday? Like, what's the morning look like? You know, um, I'm not a morning person and um, I have always um, had the wrong answer. You know, it's like I start my morning in the worst way. Um, I literally will look the night before to say like, when is my first meeting? When is the latest I can wake up? Like that is, the, that is my mindset. So if I have a call at eight, I'm like literally setting my, my clock for like 7.15. Like I sleep as much as I can. And I get up and I immediately start the pot so I can make some coffee because I'm very coffee dependent. Uh, and I also immediately check my email, which I know everyone says not to do, but I do it. Um, so I kind of get that stuff out of the way. It's like my slow start to the day is very much just, you know, coffee and email. Um, but then typically I am, you know, jumping into calls or jumping into, you know, where I will like shut all of that off and just like focus on um, whatever task I have prioritized for that day. So I am a list a list, um, like obsessed person. So, mm -hmm. um, definitely I'm always working off of a list of priorities and these are like high level, like quarterly goals, but also like daily priorities. And so I try to, um, prioritize time based on those. What, how, how do you do that? What tools do you use? So we use ClickUp as an organization, uh, which is, um, maybe like a, uh, like a Trello or an Asana. It's like a replacement yeah. for that, but ClickUp is, um, kind of a newer, 
task management um, platform, but just really incredible. And they just raised um, a significant uh, a round of money. So um, they'll be around, which is exciting for, for anyone who's using it. Um, but, but essentially, it's a task management tool where we organize um, across all of our organizations and can prioritize where, where we need to focus. And so within that, you can not only ta- like track tasks, but it lets you set like goals for the quarter. So then we can like associate tasks to goals and things like that, which is really phenomenal. And then I'm old school as well. I always still have a piece of paper next to me um, that tells me what I need to do, even though I have another system that does that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it funny? As, as tech-oriented uh, as we can be, um, we, we like to have that piece of paper in our hand that we can take notes on. I honestly, I will stand by the fact that I think that when I write things down here, they become more real to me and I remember yeah. them better. So yeah. I can type things and plug it away, but, and I can see that, but something makes it more real to me when it's written on this piece of paper. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't know. Uh, um, what about calendar? Do you have any tricks or tips on how you use your calendar? I um, don't think I have any tips or tricks other than the fact that I live by it. So if you're not in my calendar, you're not talking to me. Um, And, um, you know, I've I've gotten better. Um, One of our co-founders, Arshia, she um, has been kind of like pushing internally, like we really need to start blocking time for like some of these big tasks that we need to get out of the way. And so we've been testing that more recently. And um, I'm a big fan uh, of not, you know, breaking my day up in like random phone calls every other hour. Um, so, so the only calendar, you know, suggestion I have, and admittedly it's new to me even, um, is, is literally just like blocking a half day, you know, once or twice a week so that you can focus on the things that were most important that you haven't had time to get to. Yeah. That's one of the most yeah. important things. I think it's so easy to not do that. Yep. Um, and then once you do put it on the calendar, protecting it, that's maybe just as hard. Yeah. It, it is. It is. Um, I've also, you know, started getting to a place where I just don't attend every meeting, you know, um, and I think that comes with, you know, team growth and having um, confidence in my team that like, okay, you know, I don't have to be in this one. I know that you all can can manage this. Um, and so um, that's, that's been a, a refreshing shift just in terms of our, our company growth is, is not having to have everyone at every single meeting any longer. Right. Yep. Um, I can't tell based on what you've said so far if you're an inbox zero type of person. <laughs> um, I have not hit inbox zero in like forever. However, I still manage it that way. So like my inbox is definitely like a to-do list for me. Um, I, I tend to hover somewhere in like the 30 to 50 inbox range. So that's Whoa, like equivalent that's of a zero. long list. You're you're not wrong, but like that's that's just 30. that's just my truth. So <laughs> don't don't be so judgy. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Hey, look, it's great. You're in, you're you're in between. I only seem to know people who are either inbox zero or keep it to like five or ten, or they're like my wife who's like thirty thousand. Oh, I can't do that. So thirty to fifty is a new one for me. Yeah, it's it's the same approach as zero, but I just like have to leave things that I like I haven't yet addressed yet, and so um, you know the reality is we're a small company and we're growing. So I still often wear the hat of product. I still often wear the hat of sales. I still often, you know, am interfacing with clients. And so um, it's just the unfortunate way of me, you know, protecting and making sure things don't slip through the cracks. Are you an email snoozer? I am. I will definitely like, yeah, I reschedule things to pop up at a different day all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Um, Okay. uh, Let me guess. You are not someone who meditates. Oof. I hate that you know that about me already. Um, <laughs> I think of you as someone who, like if I was reading a book about you, it would be, and I meditate because you're you're focused, you crush it. 
but also from what I'm getting, like me, I, I just can't, I've tried, I can't do it. Yeah. I've had uh, mentors and um, even in, um, I'm in a program right now called um, Zane, which is, a, it's called Zane Access, essentially a VC in Atlanta is, is running it to help support um, underrepresented um, startup founders. And literally the first session they had, they made us meditate twice in it. And I like immediately was like, I, I don't know if this program's for me, <laughs> like, but it's been amazing. They haven't made us meditate since, but it was like one of those things where I was like, oh boy, <laughs> like, uh -huh. yeah. here I thought we were going to tackle financials. I was ready for that, but like here we're, we're meditating. <laughs> <What>? going. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I have much like wanting to be a morning person, I wish I was great at yeah. finding time to meditate. What I found is my um, my kind of like similar experiences, um, you know, I'll sit down and read a book. And to me, that's very similar in terms of goals. It's like me shutting off from my laptop, me shutting off from, um, you know, the emails popping up and all these things. Uh, or I'll, um, I'll listen to music. It's not uncommon for me to like kind of zone out and, you know, do my version of meditating by like just walking while listening to music. And so, um, so that's interesting because I would have pegged you as a podcast audiobook if you're walking or exercising instead of music. I listen to a lot of podcasts and books as well. Um, but if I'm trying to relax, I don't because here's here's what I found. I I also can't listen to them while working out because what happens is like I'll be like doing a rep and then I'm like, oh, I have to make a note right now. Yeah. Um, so I have to like, I'll, I'll find myself like stopping and then like taking notes. And so that that's the opposite of what the intent is. So I, I go to music when I'm trying to actually just like re relax for real. Um, okay. But yeah. That can be meditative. It can, it can. We'll, we'll give you a check. Mark there. <laughs> so, so then that leads me to books you're reading. So are you typically like, I'm going to read a book or listen to a book. Um, it needs to help me in some way. Do you do fiction? What, what are you doing? I'm doing a mix. So um I read a lot of business books. I read a lot of um, biographies, but I also always have at least a fiction book that um, typically I'll have that on Audible so that it's more of like a, at the end of the night, if I'm just wanting to listen to something, um, I can do that. So um, yeah, I kind of yeah. bounce between what, them. What type of biographies do you go to? Well, I just um, finished uh, Michelle Obama's Belonging, which is really yeah. becoming, not belonging. Mm -hmm. That's me and my work obviously coming through. <laughs> Um, but and that was a good one. It was phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. And I just also finished um, Atomic Habits, um, which is a phenomenal book. And I'm reading Hood Feminism right now. Oh, interesting. Hadn't heard of that one. Yeah. Um, I want to say Micah, Micah Kendall okay. might be the author. Um, yeah, I think so. But uh, yeah, great book. Yeah. And, and um, uh, you do audio, you do physical or Kindle? Uh, both, depending on the book. Um, I used to be like all 100% Kendall. Um, and that was, you know, partially driven by the fact that I travel a ton, um, on a non COVID moment. Um, I'm, I'm typically always on the go. Um, so that was just like, you know, the, the more logical, easy way for me to have a bunch of books with me at any given time. Um, I found in the last few months though, I've I'm trying to um, transition back to more books uh, just because I'm staring at my screen for, you know, 14 plus hours a day. And in order for it to feel like a different thing, um, it's just mm -hmm. easier for me to have an actual book. And so um, I've purchased, you know, way too many books over the last couple of months, but I think um, it's just whatever the time, you know, yeah. requires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so many, so many of my friends have read Atomic Habits. Was there one or two things in particular that changed the way you work or, or run your life? 
Um, I don't know if it changed the way I run my life. I think it's always refreshing to one. He has a phenomenal story, right? So like just inspiring in general, but, um, the other thing that um, there's just like, it's a very small piece of the book, but it's something that's like stuck with me was this idea of lagging indicators. The idea that like a lot of times the things that we're um, tracking as success metrics end up actually not being the actual metrics that, like that are in the moment that matter. And mm-hmm. so uh, things like your learning habits, you know, it's like how many books you read, you know, that, that's a that's a signal related to your learning habits or like how clean your house is has to do with your cleaning habits. And, and so like linking things that related to the habits that you want to develop, like making sure you find the right metrics of success that are ones that you can tell in the moment, as opposed to like lagging measures that are like, oh, you can only tell, you know, five, 10 months down the line when, when it's actually become a habit. And so, um, so that idea of just like thinking through how we define success in very, really in relationship to, to different habits, um, which is like a very specific thing I took from that book, but like it kind of yeah. changed the way I started thinking of like, well, why am I tracking this metric? Like that's not going to show through for months. Like that's not really the, the indicator I need. Yeah. But I think that's with, with books, especially on um, either books on leadership or books on, you know, time management or, or anything like that if you take a couple of things away from it, then, then it's a win. Yeah. You know? And I I think a lot of times it's just like, it's just slightly shifting how you perceive something or like the words you use to communicate something. I think like, like Terrence, um, Terrence Lester, like completely changed the way I communicate around people who are experiencing homelessness. Right. So like in that book, there were a lot of things. Literally by saying it that way. Yeah, exactly. And it's like something so small but like made such a big difference. And um, he contextualized it in a way that just made it feel so human and necessary. And mm-hmm. um, it was so simple. And it's like, you know, just by these small language changes, you are, you know, yeah. uh, making a difference. And so, yeah, I think that like in books, a lot of times, like our takeaways aren't these massive lessons that we can show like changed our lives, but they're just like ways in which we become, you know, an increasingly better person. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Speaking of books that help you be a better person, did you ever read Thirst? I have not. Ooh, it's the story of Charity Water, and it's phenomenal. But the reason I thought about it for you is because as you talk, what was the organization that matched you with a nonprofit? Moving Worlds. Moving Worlds. So part of the story in um, Thirst, um, uh, the guy who, it's, it's a uh, autobiography, um, he, I can't remember what year, but it was many years ago, um, couldn't find a charity to give his time to and and help. He sort of was at like this point in his life. He's like, I'm quitting everything. I'm just going to help the world. And he struck out time and time again. Like they're like, no, we don't need you. <laughs> so that uh, that type of service, I think, is is really needed. It's but a- you should check out that book. It's a phenomenal story. I just wrote it down. I'll absolutely download it. Um, and then yeah, Moving Worlds is um, a really neat organization. Um, anyone can set up a profile and then they, based on like your time availability and like your level of interest, like if you want to just contribute time remotely, or if you want to actually be on site for a couple months, like they kind of match you with organizations based on that. And they have a bunch of programming and like, um, like accelerator type things where it's like you're grouped with six months, like, sorry, um, people for like six months, um, so that you like work on things together. Um, but yeah, I, I found it to be extremely, um, powerful in terms of just really understanding the context of working in that social impact space and making sure that you do it with the right intentions and kind of like um, building awareness around the lessons learned um, and, you know, things that were not quite done in the right way originally, um, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, okay, I'll end on this. Um, you're in Chicago, but you and you've, you've lived in Atlanta. I was actually born in Chicago. Oh, but we, we moved and I was like four or five. So gotcha. I've been in Atlanta ever since. What is... Um, 
what is the 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 one thing that people in Chicago get wrong about Atlanta? <laughs> um, interesting. Do they take Atlanta seriously? I, I I think any of the big cities they don't take Atlanta seriously. I you know I think that's I think that is true across the country. I um I think Atlanta is an underestimated city, and honestly, um, I, I will get back to the actual answer of this question, but really quickly, I was I moved to Atlanta from Los Angeles, and I did not like Los Angeles. Um, I did not have a good experience there. However, when I found out like oh Atlanta's the next place, I literally cried. Um, and I was like, so upset. And I was like, Oh, Atlanta, like, I don't know if I can do Atlanta. Like, I don't know if that's my, you know, Oh, like I'm in tech startups. Like, do they even do tech startups in Atlanta? You know, I was just like all these. Yeah. And I have to tell you what, how misinformed I was or uninformed I was, you know, um, because I got to Atlanta and it was like this phenomenal city, such a great community, so much happening, so much to do, so much great food. Um, and it was it was actually really hard to leave Atlanta. Um, and uh, so I hear you on the Atlanta being underrated across the, you know, the country. Right. <laughs> People don't know yet, but they will soon. And I think that it's, it's um, that's changing fast. Uh, I think I see, you know, more an increasing like mention of Atlanta and as it relates to, you know, whether it's, um, uh, the you know movie and film stuff, or whether it's related to tech startups, there's a lot of stuff happening. Um, but in terms of Chicago's awareness of Atlanta, I don't think I can speak to that yet because, like, I've been in Chicago, like back in Chicago for seven months. But like, the reality is, I haven't seen anyone since being here. Um, yeah, right. right. Text being, I've, it's like I've lived here, but I've you know stayed in my lovely um, apartment most of all days because of um, the circumstances. So. Um, I don't know. Yeah. You don't know. Yeah. We, we definitely, not only are we underrated, but um, one of the things is I'm involved in some of the civic parts of the city. It's like, we're always trying to, well, maybe we're the the next Silicon Valley, mm. the next whatever. It's like, let's just be us. Yeah, let's, exactly. Let's different. Like Stop we're different. Doing that. Stop yeah. doing that. Chicago did that too. Uh, you know, I, I lived here um, in my early twenties, like when I was in finance and um, you heard the same kind of things where, you know, Chicago was trying to be the next Silicon Valley and these kinds of things. And everyone, you know, who was like, just, you know, from and loved Chicago was like, no, like we're our own place, like embrace these Midwest values. We're very different. Like it's a, it can be a, a positive thing to not be, you know, a lookalike kind of thing. And I think um, those are very wise words. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. I'm surprised to hear that though. Cause I think of Chicago as like, you know, the, the greatest. I, I love Chicago. So um, yeah, it's good to know that there's not the, the New York attitude that maybe comes with a big city. Yeah. I, I, I think um, the neat thing about like places like New York and Chicago is that like, you know, there are always people coming and going. And so you always have that, that like freshened perspective a little bit. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, um, I just want to say I've been very inspired by you and the things that you put out and the things that you're doing. And um, I know you're inspiring lots of other people. Um, I love that so early in your career, you've you've gotten to a point where you know that you want to uh, do something that matters. Um, too many people get caught up in the the rat race and and you know they just they don't use their talents to make the world a better place. So uh, I appreciate everything you're doing and thanks for joining me today. That means so much to me. Thank you so much. Wow, you made it to the end of the podcast. I didn't think people did that anymore. Well, since I still have you, I'd love for you to do two things. First, subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. 
That way you'll be alerted as soon as I post my next one. And second, I'd love for you to subscribe to my email newsletter. I send out an email every week or two, and it's really where I share my more personal thoughts and ideas. Plus, I give stuff away sometimes. You can find the sign up at my blog, jeffhillemeyer.com, and I really do appreciate you listening. Thank you.